And uh, Nath, uh, you contributed to me looking at Christmas slightly different. You and someone else, I'll mention in a, in a moment. Um, but um, we certainly see Christmas in a different light, and we have to look at it in a different light. Why do we have to look at it in a different light? Because there is a shift in society. There is a shift in people's minds. There is a shift even in Christians. So we as Christians have got a slightly different view than what we had in the past. Um, and, um, and this is affecting us. It's going to affect our, our behavior. It's going to affect uh, um, our, our present, our future, the future generations. So Christmas is definitely putting a different spin to my life. I have seen this on the, on, on someone put it on Facebook, and I thought there was a good way to start. It, it talks about uh, the, um, the idea of, of who Jesus is and, um, and, and about how we celebrate. So Jesus bought us a baby, I suppose. That is what we are um, celebrating. Uh, has been preached as a child, killed as a man, arose as a victor, coming back as a king. I'm not really sure that I actually would have put it that way, but I thought it was good. I thought it was good enough for us to get us thinking. Since uh, most of us or many of us would have seen it, I thought that it's important. And um, in, this, uh, in this Christmas message, I was confronted. While I was in Argentina, there was a guy that said to me, I believe in God. I do. I believe in a God that created things. I believe in a God that runs and things and, 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 and gets things into place. I just don't think that he's Lord. I thought, how do you, how do you reconcile that? How, how do you, what, what kind of religion would you make out of that? I mean, this guy is convinced, believes in a God, fears God. This person has an idea about very much the same, that I believe in God, but that he is not Lord. How? What good news can I give him? Where does he stand in, in as far as salvation? Where does his faith stand? And I suppose that is very much the way that we as a society are engaging about God. I believe that we as a society have taken God and made him into something else. And God exists realistically, objectively, and independently of human thought. We know that. But see, Deism is telling us that, uh, and, and holds that God is uh, uh, wholly transcendent. God exists but does not intervene in the world beyond what is necessary to create. In this view, God is an anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic sorry, and neither answers prayers nor produces miracles. It, it is a belief that God has no interest in humanity 
I might not even be aware of humanity. Some people actually feel like that. They believe in a God like that. And so if we have a God like that, then um, all we have is a being that is out there somewhere, but that does not relate to me. So how can I have a Christmas message? How can I have a message about this God that comes to visit us if humanity feels that this God has got no interest? I believe that that's very much the message that you would find across your, your, your colleagues at school. That there is a, it is not a denial about God. The denial is that God is involved and that I want him to be involved in my life. I don't necessarily want God to be involved in my life. That's the issue. It's not the, the question is not whether God exists or not. Is, am, I, am I right? In some cases, yes, yeah, scientists believe that uh, uh, and, and, and some people don't believe in God at all. But I think that still people, a lot of them do believe in God. It's just the interaction that we have. And so... I want to read, I want to bring to us the scriptures about this uh, and, and, and what we are trying to, to get through. And uh, I'll be reading from uh, Matthew chapter 2, from verse 1, where it says, In the time King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, asking, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? But we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. You know, I read this message this so many times. I hear it every Christmas. I hear it when we have... Uh, a, a, a manger performed and I never picked it up I was almost thought that it was Herod but it says that all of Jerusalem all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were afraid what were they afraid of a baby what is it that they are scared of someone different being a king other than Herod what is it that they don't like what is it that is frightening the people, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. You have to ask that question. I had to ask myself that question. Because if I don't answer that question, then I, will have, I would struggle with society and the way that society views God. You see, the people in Jerusalem and Herod, when they had no issues about God. In fact, Herod helped finish the temple. Herod was the one that contributed. So Herod was, in fact, a believer. Herod believed in God. His issue was not about God. His issue was about lordship and kingship. That was his issue. Which brings me to the way that this guy was debating with me about who God is. And so we continue reading. And it says, And calling together all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, this is Herod and I suppose all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, that's what it says, that's how Matthew puts it. Um, so they, they would probably send Herod, and it says, He inquired, Herod, of them where Messiah was to be born. Huh? Messiah? 
They told him in Bethlehem of Judea. So, for it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. And from you shall come a ruler who is a shepherd to my people Israel. Then wise people were asking for directions. They come to Jerusalem. It comes to Herod that they're looking for a newborn king. And what does, king, what does Herod go and ask of the prophets? I bet a king? Hmm. I bet a messiah? Oh. I thought that he was afraid that a new king is, is being born. He inquired of a messiah. So he hears one thing, he asks a second thing, and the answer is which one? A third different answer. Can you see? Can you see this trilogy here? From you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Doesn't say about a king and doesn't say about Messiah. Hmm. I love the way Matthew writes. <clears throat> then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had, had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so I may go also and pay homage to him. When they heard the king, they set out, and they ahead of them. When the star that had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned, in a dream, not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. These um, wise men, they kneel down, they bring three things, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Some say that they was in a prophetic way because uh, a lot of commentators... Uh, and others have a problem believing it, that uh, gold is a gift that you bring to kings, and, and frankincense is what the priest would use uh, in the temple as a burnt offering, and myrrh was what you would put on someone who has died. And it's an, a type of ointment. So they were saying that Jesus is king, and he's a priest, and that he would die. I, as I said, I don't have a problem with that. However... I think that what they realized is that this king is also a priest and is also God. Now, you would have to ask the question at this point, right here. If God is God, why would he want to be a king? Does it make sense? If God is God, why would he want to be a king? Isn't God being enough being God? 
What difference does it make if God is God that he will be also a king? I can understand about priests because he wants to minister to us in some religious way. But why king? You see, this issue is right throughout from the beginning as they have left Egypt. And I would like, like to read, I'd like to take you back to Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 6, it says, you see in, in verse 4 it says that they came to, and, and 5, they came to ask for a king because Samuel is getting old. And Samuel took it very personally. So Samuel goes to God and he prays, and it's, it, 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 it says, but when they said, give us a king, to lead us, this displeased Samuel. So he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you that have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they have done to you. That God is king? Is it God is saying that, you have, that people have forsaken me and have forsaken me as a king? When was God declared king? I'm asking you, who declared God king in the Old Testament? Was there anyone? Did Adam and Eve declare him to be king? Was Cain? Was it Abel? Was it Noah? Was it Enoch? Think, was it Abraham? Maybe, maybe it was Jacob. Which one of the patriarchs, which one of the people declared God to be king? Who was the first one that said that God is king? Anyone in mind? You see, it was not a Jewish person. It was not someone that believes in God that declared God king. That's a sad part about it. The Jewish people didn't want a king. Just like many Christians don't want a king, don't need a king. They need a God, not a king. We're not so sure that we really need a king. The one that first proclaimed him king was Balaam, a, a pagan, a prophet of a pagan God from a pagan nation that was called to curse the Israelites. He realized and he said, hey, I cannot do it. You know why I cannot do it? No misfortune is seen in Jacob, no misery observed in Israel. The Lord, their God, is with them. The shout of the king is among them. This is the first time ever that God is proclaimed king by someone. And who was it? A stranger. Who proclaimed Jesus king? Was it the Israelites? Strangers from the east. Strangers know that Jesus is king, but his own people don't. Why would it matter to us? Why is it? Yeah, oh yeah, the Psalms talk about God being king. Yeah, absolutely. But that's much later. I'm talking of the first one that declares God to be king. And so... Then Moses, of course, before he dies, he says, uh, he was king of a Jeshurun, Israel, when the leaders of the people assembled along with the tribes of Israel. Moses finally realized 
that God is king. When they were rejecting, when they are rejecting God as a king, they said, we want to have a king as other nations have because God was independent of rulership. God was a figure. God was someone that was out there, but it was not to do with ruling and the everyday life, but a king did. A king was always involved in the everyday life. And so people didn't want that. They wanted a king like other nations. So other nations believed in, in gods. Israel had their god, and it's fine. It's fine to build a temple. It's fine to have a god. It's fine to have some religious interaction, but we don't want someone to tell us what to do. And that is the society of today. I just, uh, someone put a comment the other day, and uh, they said, these days, if you smack a child, you'll probably go to jail. But to, I love the word, I love the word, they, 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 how we put it so nicely. Uncle Martin is not here, no, he says, oh, it says it so nicely, you know, in Slovak or whatever. And, you know, we, we, we say so nicely. We no longer abort children. We just interrupt the pregnancy. How wonderful is that, Jessica? Yeah, should we give them an applause? How wonderful. We interrupt a pregnancy. So I can go and smack a child, my child, and I'll go to jail. But if I interrupt a pregnancy, that's okay. I can kill a child, and it's perfectly fine. Are we the God makers? What mind? What has happened to society? What has happened to my peers? What has happened to the people around me? With what brain are we thinking? Where is the logic? Where is our ethics? You see, when they came... Asking, uh, where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? They are the ones that declare him king, but also it was Herod, a Roman, a pagan. Yeah? And he's saying, Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. You are saying that I'm the king of the Jews, not me, a stranger. A pagan, again, is saying that Jesus is king of the Jews. And not only that, it says that above his head when he's being crucified, they placed a, a charge against him. This is the reason why he was crucified. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And they asked him to remove it. And Herod said, no. Um, Pilate said, no. What I have written, I have written. And so people then, they come after and they say, um, he saved others. They said, but he can't save himself. 
He is the King of Israel. Let Him come down now from the cross and we will believe in Him. What kind of people would believe in God and not see that He is King? Of course, that's easy to, 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 to come to terms with it. You see, God is conceived as a supreme being, creator, deity, and principal object of faith. But he's also the prime material for religion makers. He is, God is, is a material, just like when you go and buy some material to make a dress, and you're going to make a different type of dress, or you buy the ingredients to make a cake. Well, God is the ingredient, is a material for religious, religious makers, or religion makers. And that's all that we want. And that's all that we need. And that's all that society is inclined to do. They just want God that they can play with and they can be creative with God about who God is. And so this Christmas, just like every other Christmas, just like in the first Christmas, we want to remove Jesus. It's okay to have God, but we want to remove Jesus. We want to remove the King from your lives. You see... We humans have a real problem. We have an issue. We have lost, or humans have lost their vision, and therefore they have no real mission. When, think about it, walking out of Eden, Adam and Eve, as they walked out, they have lost their vision, and they no longer have a mission. God does not need them in that state to take care of the garden. That's where they were placed. So there's no mission for them anymore. What mission is there? Oh, yeah, of course, multiply, fill the earth. But to take care of the garden? Uh-uh. They have lost that. They have violated the purpose of their existence. They have compromised their soul. They have gambled, raffled their life and assets and without realizing, they have torched their future, literally. That's what they have done. That's what human beings have done. They have gambled. There was a 50-50 chance in the garden. Eve took it as a, as a punt. God said, don't eat. The serpent is saying, yes, you can eat. That's a 50-50 chance, yeah? If I, my maths are, are okay, yeah? 50-50 chance? Are you still living a 50-50 chance? Do you still feel that you can gamble with your life? Do you still feel that maybe God is not serious? Do you still feel that maybe God will not do what He said He would do? Do you still feel that maybe the, 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 out, the, 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 the love is greater than His justice? And therefore, because His love is greater than His justice, no matter what you do, that He's going to save you? Interesting thought. I think that's an interesting question. They have literally torched their future. If being in hell is not being torched, I don't know what it is. And not only that, they have condemned themselves and their offspring and live in total dependence. You see, when, when Adam and Eve walk out of the Garden of Eden, it is not just they themselves 
they need to face reality is their offspring as well. And they live in total dependence. You see, I cannot plan my tomorrow. I'm planning it. But will I be there tomorrow? How dependent am I on my own actions? How dependent am I on my own wisdom? How dependent, how dependable are my plans? We don't depend on ourselves. I want to finish with this. They twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. He's king. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail the king of the Jews, they said. And we're critical of the crown. But you know what? When Adam and Eve walked out of Eden, that's the crown they got. That's their reward, is it not? Was it not thorns? They were crowned. You have achieved. Welcome to the real world. You just came out of Eden. You welcome. We welcome you. And here's your crown, the crown of thorns. For thorns and thistles he will produce, is it not? What else, what other crown is there for Adam and Eve? That's all there is. It doesn't say that it will produce gold, the earth. It doesn't say it will produce any other type of material. Thorns and thistles, and that is your crown. Here, wear it. And Jesus said, I will wear your crown. I will take that crown of thorns. And out of that crown of thorns, I will raise a church. He is king, regardless of what crown you're going to give him. We didn't have a better crown. That's all that I had. What other crown could I give him? You see, in Revelation, he talks... Uh, Whenever the living creatures gave glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by you will the, uh, were all the things created uh, that have and have there been. What the 24 elders are saying is, uh, and all the living creatures and, and all the things that are in heaven, whoever might have a crown, they're laying there, they're casting the crown and saying, You are king, you are worthy of wearing the crown. We are not worthy of wearing the crown. You are Lord, you reign. And the only crown that I could give you. Was a crown of thorns. Has it crossed your mind? Have you thought about it? And for as long as we don't accept God as God and as King, all we are saying that we are religiously okay, but I don't want God to tell me what to do. And that is where society is today. We don't want God to tell us what to do.
who will celebrate Christmas is the birth of Jesus, God with us, whatever, whichever way you want to do it. But we just don't want the king to tell us what to do. And because we were lost in sin, because of what has happened, Jesus, God, had to become king. If not, something to think about. If not, it would have been not different to the other religions. Remember in Egypt, Pharaoh would die and he would sail the sea. The Greek mythology and all the other mythologies, someone dies and, and that's where Hades would welcome you and take you through the underworld or Poseidon and take you through the ocean if you died in the ocean. And in Revelation actually it uses uh, that Hades and Poseidon, both of them are being, have been asked to give the dead and they're both thrown into hell. So much for that idea. If we only believe in God, if there is only about God, then why resurrection? Couldn't God save us in His mercy? We die, okay, we go to heaven. Wonderful, yeah? But because we believe in resurrection, because we believe in a risen body, because I believe that I will be tangible, and you believe that you're you will be tangible, that's why resurrection, and that's why we needed a king to go and defeat all the forces and all the acts that were written against us. And that is Jesus. And that is also who God is. God is God and King. And who else? Is there any other that is God and King other than our God? So this Christmas, if you haven't thought about it, bring King Jesus into your lounge room. Bring him into your heart. Don't do what the world is doing. You know, they have a new government in, in Argentina and they no longer swear by the Bible. The last uh, swearing of the cabinet was uh, one of the ministers swore by the children that will be aborted, another swore by the Che Guevara and, and so on. God is out of government. God is out of the country. But he doesn't have to be out of your heart. Put Jesus back in your heart, regardless of what happens to the country. And may you have a blessed Christmas.